It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey everybody, welcome back to Bucketheads. This is episode 75 of our college basketball podcast. My name is Connor Lamont. I'm here with my co-host, Justin Golba. If you have stuck with us through the offseason, we appreciate you. We are coming at you every two weeks here during the summer until we get back into October and a little closer to the season. However, the news does not stop. College basketball does not stop. Ohio State's roster construction, I believe, believe has stopped, Justin. Um, that'll be the, probably the biggest point that we hit on today um, is that Ohio State has added sophomore forward from Penn State, Evan Mahaffey. He is a Cincinnati Moeller kid. Um, he averaged, I believe, just below three points a game at Penn State last season. And he technically puts Ohio State at 14 scholarships, but Bryce Sensabaugh is, uh, he is a goner. So this should wrap up Ohio State's roster. So we'll talk about that a little bit today. Well, we should wait and see where Bronny James is going. Uh, it's been a hot topic around the college basketball world. No one knows where he's going. Uh, no one has any idea where he's going. So we should wait and see about that. Uh, yeah, because we have definitely not said, <laughs> we've definitely not said, man, we've definitely not said that 18,000 times that he's I genuinely not. believe I said a year and a half ago on this podcast he was going to USC. I want to find it. I genuinely believe I said that a year and a half ago. Well, I mean, you should go find it, but I think regardless I of, like, of, of where we said he was going to go, we definitely said it was not going to be Ohio State the entire time. Like, That was a good, I think I tweeted it, that was a good example of like, if you've kind of been plugged in or not, not even plugged in, just if you've been paying any attention, because it's been about a six-month span to where he's had no shot to go to Ohio State at all, 
and there was like this huge like uproar online when he committed to USC. And I was like, this is not, this is not news. This is not surprising. It would have been way more surprising if he said, I'm going to Ohio State. We knew he wasn't going to Ohio State. I am very interested to see how the USC thing shakes out. But like, I, that, that was a weird one. I was not expecting that much Ohio State fan engagement on that. I kind of thought everyone knew that that wasn't happening. But teach her. Yeah, with I don't know exactly what like I know that USC does have Isaiah Collier and he's not going to start. They still have Boogie Ellis too, right? Yeah, he, they have a all Pac-12 player returning and the number one player in the class. They're all the, those are their two guards. He's not going to start. So that's that's but I mean I don't that, get it. That could play into the argument of hey, he should have gone to Ohio State then. He wasn't going to start anyway. Oregon. And that um, should have gone to Oregon. That's see, that's kind of why uh, I think several months ago I thought maybe he would go to Oregon, um, but I didn't have enough conviction or honestly interest to like put my chest up to it and say like I think he's going here. I I just didn't care enough. Um, yeah. But like the OSU and USC situation, I think OSU is maybe a little deeper at guard than USC, maybe. But I would say USC, now with adding Dale Bonner for sure. Even at USC, like he's not going to start over those two guys. That that was the thing with so OSU what? was like, was was Bronny James is a one and done player, or at least his plan right now is to be a one and done player, and he wouldn't have been able to go to OSU and play the amount of minutes that would have probably been needed to like accrue even close to the stats he'd want to accrue to be an NBA like first round pick in one year. It would like he because he's not you're not gonna get Bronny James and I know Justin you know this and I think pretty much anybody listening to a basketball podcast in what is it May right now in May sure. also knows this like you're not gonna throw Roddy Gale and Bruce Thornton out there to the Wolves for for a freshman season and then bring in Bronny James um and be like sorry Roddy or sorry Bruce um yeah, we we have Brown. That now, also so goes into the larger transfer portal discussion as well. Yeah, that also goes into the transfer portal discussion as well. Doesn't make it wouldn't have made any sense. He wouldn't have got the minute. You're not going to push your your guys, your starters down to put Brownie in. Like he's, I think Brownie's a really good player. If anything, I think he's oh, for sure too. If anything, I think that a lot of people don't know how good Brownie is. Like they don't realize that he's like he may not be the quality of player that should go one and done. But like if he played three years of college. He would probably be really good. He would probably be like pushing like all American by like his junior year, but like he's I not. Think, gonna, I think he'll give like a junior. No, I think I think he'll give like all Pac-12 rookie team a run. You know, kind of like that. But again, I think the all Pac-12 rookie of the year is on his team, and I don't think it's him. So it's 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 a weird one. I don't know. So like he's almost definitely going to go to the draft after his freshman year still, but. You know, we'll see. It, it's going to be really weird because um, I will be staying up for those games. I promise you that much. We we start this episode by saying Evan Mahaffey and Amelia. It's like okay, we're talking about Brownie for ten minutes. <laughs> I know like, we didn't even like before we before we hit record. We always talk about what we're going to talk about and stuff. We didn't even mention Brownie James, and I just derailed us a minute in. So like <laughs> Le- LeBron, LeBron has already said like I want to I want to play wherever Brownie's playing when he gets to the league. Like if if you draft Brownie, I'm I'm coming. So like. How much weight does that have in the NBA draft like next year? Like let's say Bronny James averages like at USC as a freshman, hypothetically. Let's say he averages 7.8 points per game on That's so specific. <laughs> 42% shooting overall and 30, 35% from three. Let's say that. And like it sounds good. 
let's say his assist to turnover is like 2.1 to like 1.7. Is that a first round pick? Probably not. But with all the LeBron stuff and who he is, would that make him a first round pick? Yeah, it's a fun. It's gonna be fun to watch. Also, it's like he is according to ESPN. I believe it's ESPN. He's top ten in this class. But I think a lot of people that follow recruiting would agree this class is pretty weak. And I don't mean weak and like they suck, but like, like I said, the best player is probably Isaiah Collier, maybe Ron Holland, maybe it's DJ Wagner. But there's no like, I, I don't look at any of these guys and I'm like that's an NBA star, you know? Like you see with a lot of classes. So it's I, kind of. Yeah, I, I feel know. like on Adam Jarry's most recent podcast with the Dispatch, I I think he he looked at not the ranking but the rating, and I think he pushed Brownie in the previous several years. Like he's like with this rating, he would be X number last year, X number two years ago, and oh, that's a good way me, to look at it. Don't quote me, but I feel like he said it should be either his most recent podcast or like two back. I feel like he said if Brownie was like last year or two years ago, he would be in like the forty to fifty ish range. Yeah, that makes it makes sense. I think his rating is very similar to Roddy Gale. I think so. Like good player, if as, he as two college, college if he stayed in college for like three or four years, he would probably be like a phenomenal college player by year three and four, like a star. But like that's not well, what like he's going to do. I mean, high school he didn't play too much as a freshman at Sierra Canyon because they were loaded, and as he got more playing time, he got a lot better. And by this year, he was a stud. You know. And OSU, yeah, he just, he just wouldn't have had the minutes that he would have wanted. And, like, I don't know, that would have been – there's just too much of a – you don't add a young guard to a core of two sophomores and a freshman guard. It doesn't make, that doesn't make <laughs> any sense. It's never made any sense. I know people, would like, it would have been fun if they said, fuck it, let's do it anyways. But, like, it wouldn't have made any any kind of sense. Um, but, hey, yeah. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan, though, of the narrative. Like, and when, you won't have to get down this rabbit hole, but the, I've seen this a lot of – that model would have got Bronny. It's like, look, there are very fair criticisms you can make of the current state of the Ohio State basketball program and Chris Holtman and everything else. Recruiting, not really one of them. That's <laughs> been something they've been pretty damn good at. So I don't really think that's part of the problem here. No. Instead, uh, instead they went ahead and they, as I kind of teased it at the beginning before we took a hard left, they added Evan Mahaffey <laughs> from Penn State. Right. Um, uh, he is – he was recruited by Ohio State. That is some somebody else asked me that online. They said, "Did Ohio State even?" Recruit That's been a big that? talking point for some reason. I don't. Did know they why even really recruit matters, Evan but... Mahaffey? And if they did not recruit Evan Mahaffey, what did he do with these two point eight points per game? Or uh, what's the actual number? Was two point eight? I think it's two point eight. Um, two point eight to one point seven, I believe. Rebounds. What did he? You might be. Oh yeah, two point yeah, two point eight exactly. What did the two point eight points per game change in Ohio State that they now want him? They did recruit the points him. Points changed nothing. They did recruit him out of high school. I don't think that they pushed as hard because at the time on their roster they did have Justice Suing and EJ Liddell locked in as starters for what they thought was multiple years because Mahaffey committed to Penn State in twenty twenty one, right? His recruitment was like 2020 to 2021. So you had EJ Adele and Justice Suing locked into the roster. Um, so they did recruit him. I don't know if they offered him. They may not have offered, but they did recruit him. He's an Ohio kid, and he adds a little depth at a position that I still think overall Ohio State is uh, probably their it's weakest. Easy, it's easily the question mark. Yeah, it's easily the question mark on this team. 
and he's got three years of eligibility. So he's he just finished his freshman year. He'll be a three year player. Um, he won't transfer out because that was his transfer, and most guys are not going to do a second transfer. So he'll be there for three years. Um, I like it if it's your back end of your rotation and you're adding depth. I like the move. I think that um, he's got to continue to develop. They're not going to rely on him to like be a guy that's going to start. He might not be in the top six or seven of the rotation, but for the long-term kind of projectability, um, I like it. I think it's a good piece, and I always think it's good to add um, you know, Ohio kids to the roster. There's three things I have with this one, and I tweeted this. The first thing is like you don't have to have like the strong, visceral opinion to every addition they make. You know what I mean? Like this makes sense. He didn't play that much on a senior late in Penn State team that by the end of the season they were running a six-man rotation. So it's hard to really gauge exactly how good he is. Maybe just trust the coaching staff that they saw they see something in him. He's got a great defensive mind. I know Adam Jardy interviewed a couple like NBA scouts that said they think he has NBA potential, which is kind of what they say about a lot of guys, but still a plus. And it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, okay. Cool, makes sense. He, like you said, he's a rotation guy. Let's see what he brings. Okay, I don't, you know, I I like it. I don't really have a huge opinion about it. The second thing is though, and I've seen this now with ba- I saw this with Battle Bonner and now Mahavey. Why are we talking about their recruiting rankings? These guys like Battle and Bonner are four year college guys, and I saw comments about here are their two four seven recruiting rankings. Missed on this one. It's like what, what the hell does it matter how good they were in high school? They've been in college for four years. Mahaffey, I guess maybe that makes a little more sense, but still, he's already had a year in college under his belt. I don't; those go out the window the minute you step on campus. They're fun when you're recruiting and stuff, but they go out the window the minute you step on campus. So, um, that was the weird thing I've seen kind of floating around. I don't really understand that. And then, thirdly, I think it's nice. I'm not saying he's going to start; he could start. I would. It would be nice if they don't have to throw a freshman into the fire. I think Scotty Middleton is a day one starter, but it'd be kind of nice if they don't have to make him a day one starter just because it is tough for any, no matter how good you are, any freshman to be a day one starter. Um, you know, you saw with Bruce Thornton last year, he played well majority of the year, but he did have those kind of peaks and valleys. So it'll be nice if Mahifi comes, even if he only plays 15, 20 minutes and maybe Middleton comes off the bench and plays more than him. It's still nice not to have that guy have to be kind of thrown into that fire of starting. So. We'll see. I'm I'm curious. Um, I think the three is definitely the question mark on the team. Your starting one is Bruce Thornton. Your starting two is Roddy Gale. <clears throat> three is kind of the question mark. Your four is Jamison Battle, and your five is just going to be Zed Key and Felix Akpar in any way you want it to be. So, um, yeah. I think. We'll that, I mean, I, I hope that I hope that we can get. I hope that we can get Chris Holtman on at some point this summer when things slow down a little bit because. Friend of the I, pod. We've already had Holtman on. We've had he'd been on before, so we could probably trick him into doing it again. Um, <laughs> I I hope that I want to get his opinion and kind of his explanation as to like the direction that uh, the roster for this year is going. Because in my eyes, like Evan Mahaffey, um, I saw on Twitter, so it I, I think this was a reliable, like it was a big fancy like spreadsheet, you know. But I'm not gonna. Act, I didn't make it, so it I might love not spreadsheets. Be it was from a Penn State account that said that Penn State's best lineups as far as plus minus were like four of the top like five lineups were when Evan Mahaffey's in the game defensively, right? 
He is already good defensively. He is already a good defensive player right now. Which is where this team struggles, let's be very clear. So, like, if you look at, uh, like, the kind of guy that Scotty Middleton is, like a a, a versatile defender, Scotty Middleton can probably guard, like, two through four. Probably not five, um, but two through four. Evan Mahaffey is going to do very similar thing defensively. Penn State fans, if you go on, if you were on Twitter that day and you saw Penn State fans, Penn State fans were disappointed. They were not bitter yeah. and angry, like, you know, up yours, you know, screw you, you're a traitor, not like whatever, well, that sucks. Like, Penn, most of the Penn State fans are like, this one sucks. This hurts. We did not yeah. want to lose him, right? He's already a good defensive player. And when you look at the, um, the personnel on this roster, I'm not promising it's going to pan out this way. But the defensive personnel, it looks like if you can get three of a certain group on the floor at the same time, I think you're looking at like a very good defensive team, potentially. Like Bruce Thornton was acceptable defensively. He's going to get better. Roddy Gale, I thought, was good defensively. He's going to get better. Scotty Middleton is going to get to college as a good defender. He's going to get like he's going to get better, but he will already be good as a freshman. Evan Mahaffey is already good. He's entering his sophomore season, right? I can't speak on how great Devin Royal is. I haven't read anything that says he's a terrible defender or a great defender. But like, I'd say they're, solid. I'd say solid. Not great, Dale, but not bad. Dale Bonner, he played like limited minutes at Baylor, like 14, 15 minutes a game. But the metrics graded him out as a very, very, very good defender at Baylor. So like you're, you're, you're putting these pieces together where it's like, okay, if we can get three of these guys on the floor at the same time, we feel like we have a really good defensive lineup. That's not even talking about Felix Akpara, who's going to play 20 minutes a game, who's going to impact basically every shot that's taken within yeah. eight feet of the basket, right? So I'm, I hope we can get Holtman on sometime this summer because two seasons ago when Jamari Wheeler was on the team, and he was hitting more shots than I think I expected when he was at Ohio State. But Jamari Wheeler did not nearly play as good defense at Ohio State as I saw from him at Penn State. And I remember somebody in the media two seasons ago asking Chris Holtman that when you're putting together a roster, transfers and recruits, do you think you've put enough emphasis on the defensive side of the ball? And he said, no, I don't think we have. And they're like, do you think that's going to be something in the next couple of years is going to change? And he said, yeah, that's going to be something that's going to be changing in the next year or two, I think. So in those two years, I'm seeing kind of the collection of pieces come together that I can see maybe you're willing to give up a little offense for a drastic step up in defense. I think they're putting those those pieces together. And I think that Mahaffey is goes along with kind of like trying to rejuvenate <laughs> that that side of the you know, that side of the game. I do also think there is credence in the idea that um, that there's too many cooks in the kitchen, right? You look at the starting lineup, what I assume to be the starting lineup, because I'm going to assume Zed Key starts or Felix Akbar, right? Might not happen. I'm going to make that assumption for now. You have four double-digit scores in the starting lineup, probably. Bruce Thornton can very easily average 12 to 15 points a game. Friday Gale, same deal. Jameson Battle, I expect to average 15 or more a game, honestly. Zed Key, 12 to 14-ish, I would say, in that range. So there's that's a lot of offense. Plus you have Taysen Chapman, Devin Royal, and Scotty Milton all coming in who are all pretty much certified buckets on offense. They'll get They'll get their buckets and whatnot. So now you have to look at where can we be 
a balanced team. It's, it's, it's not even an opinion that the teams that are top 25, top 30 in offense and defense efficiency are the teams that go deep in March, right? That's just a fact. You've seen it. That's why, like I said, we've said this before. When we when people like us say we think the 2020 team had the most potential out of any Holtman team, that's not just a, that's not just us trying to, you know, give credit to a team that didn't get a chance to play because of COVID. It's because it was their best defensive team, and that's the teams that win games in March. So you have you do have to. I don't I don't like the concept of just hey this guy averaged 20 points a game, this guy averaged 18. Let's just send them all scholarships and bring them in and see what happens. I, that can work. It doesn't always work. Um, I mean, look at Tanner Holden. <laughs> I mean, Tanner Holden averaged 20 a game at Wright State, and now he's going back to Wright State. So that's not shade Tanner Holden. just didn't work at Ohio State, obviously, for whatever reason. So it, you just you have to look at how can we be a more balanced team? How can we be more ba- – I, I don't think this offense is going to struggle next year at all. I saw Bruce Thor, and I saw Roddy Gale. I saw, I've seen Jameson Battle. I know what Zed Key can do. I think Felix Akpar had made a lot of strides on offense last year, and he'll make even more over the offseason. I know these freshmen can score. Like I'm not worried about any of that. I need a I need a guy that can come into plays in defense, and especially in the Big Ten, I need a wing that can do it because you're going to face some really good players. I need someone that can come in and stop Jay Nakins. I need someone that can come in and try to stop these guys that Wisconsin is going to bring in that no one knows who they are, and then all of a sudden they give you 15 and 17, and you're like, where did these happen? I need someone's going to stop a Murray from Iowa, although I think they're they're gone. Is there is there a third Murray? I heard there was a third Murray. Anyway, we'll get to that when that happens. I know of. I hope okay. so. I made a lot of. You hope? I made a I made a lot of money betting on the younger Murray <laughs> brother Iowa with those player props on uh, on the Murray. But yeah. Anyway, I so I hope so. so that would be nice. But I do I do think you know, and I saw a lot of people like you lost Gene Brown. All you did was get Gene Brown. I see the comparison, but I think Mahaffey has a higher ceiling. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I, like I said, it's not like this. I don't just, I don't have a huge opinion. Could I see Mahaffey maybe being not that impactful? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Could I see him being exactly what they need him to be, which is like six to seven points a game, four to five rebounds and be a shutdown lockdown defender at three positions. That's what I want. So that's what I want to see. But I, I agree with your point of like my, uh, my best friend growing up went to Penn state. And after this happened, he texted me, he went good get. That's what he said. So um, I do think there's credence in like seeing what a, a, the fan base that's losing the player says. And it all seemed very positive for maybe. So, and I remember he, he made some plays against Ohio state that dunk. He posterized somebody, I forget who, but I need to find, um, I would need to look up the video. I, I believe it was, I don't think it was the NCAA tournament game because I'm pretty sure Penn state like rolled in their first NCAA tournament game. I think they won by like, 10 or 15 in their NCAA tournament game. I think it was one of their Big Ten tournament games because didn't they win back-to-back Big Ten tournament games by a buzzer beater, if I remember correctly? Maybe I'll Sorry, that say up. that again? I lost you. I'm not that bright. When Penn State was in the Big Ten tournament, okay. if I'm remembering right, this year, two of their wins were by buzzer beaters, I think. This year? Yes. At least one for sure. Maybe two. I believe one of them... Was a missed shot. That oh, somebody, yeah, it was a missed shot. Offensive rebound by Mahaffey kicked out to uh, Seth Lundy. Yes. Bingo. He yeah. made the play that, that extended the he's game. He's Chris to Bosch the to, to Ray Allen. Yeah, he's Chris Bosch to Ray Allen. Some are some saying. And kind of like you said, you don't you, you don't have to have a, a crazy visceral opinion of it, but also you it's you need to understand you as the Ohio State fan, whoever is listening to this. 
he's going to be at least initially maybe the ninth man in the rotation. Like, is he going to play more? Is he going to play more than Dale Bonner or Devin Royal? I don't. I don't think so. Is he going to play more than Tayson Chapman? I doubt it. And that's probably. I'm. I'm I don't want to. I'm not going to get on topic, and I don't mean to cut you off. I'm so high on Tayson Chapman. It's ridiculous. Like so, okay. So then, you clearly don't think he's going to be ahead of Tayson. Uh, yeah, Chapman. that's the point. Yeah, I do. I do not. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not going to be ahead of Dale Bonner. He's. I. He's not going to be ahead of Devin Royal or Scotty Middleton. Honestly. I think one of those two freshmen is going to start, and the other one might be the very first player to come off the bench. So, like, you're looking at Mahaffey as at least to start the season, probably your ninth guy off the bench, maybe 10th. So, like, you don't need a certified killer at your ninth or 10th spot. Honest to God, if somebody said you just lost Gene Brown, but you got another Gene Brown, cool. I, I think that every championship team needs a Gene Brown. I think you need a Gene I, Brown. That's 1,000%. 1,000%. That's willing to accept their role as Gene Brown. Maybe that is like 10 minutes a game, come and play defense, have a couple games where you score three to five points. I think championship caliber teams need a Gene Brown that's willing to accept that role as as such. So if that's what you've got and you lost Gene Brown and you're saying you got Gene Brown back, cool. He's the ninth or tenth guy off the bench. If he can provide what Gene Brown provided this team, cool. Yeah, I, I'll co-sign that. Maybe that's not the reality. Maybe that's not what some people think, but like, that's what I would say. You know what I think his ceiling is? To use a recent example, San Diego State's Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn Johnson this year averaged eight and six. He was one of their best defenders, and he was just the guy that came in. And if you need to shut somebody down, throw Keyshawn on him, get a big rebound, get a couple baskets. That's what I think Evan Mahaffey can be. And and let me say this: I don't think it's going to be next year. Keyshawn Johnson's a senior. Right. This if if you bring in Evan Mahaffey and he had one year left, yeah, I'd be like, all right, I don't really understand this one. He has three years of eligibility left. Guys can get better, you know. And especially if Chris Hol- again, are there criticisms to have with Chris Holman? Yes. One thing he's done really well is developing guys quickly. Okay, it's why we can't get Malachi Brandon or Bryce Sensible on the same team. So, I I think that they can really do something with him. And I think, like I said, if he can just be that guy on a team that can it, – it's clear Ohio State, the way they're doing this, and it's, every team has a different philosophy. It's clear the way they're doing 2023 basketball is we are going to recruit, we are going to build our teams around those recruits, and then we are going to piece together transfers to piece together the team. That's kind of – that's what they're doing. Whether you agree with it or not, that's teach their own. Um, I probably – I honestly go back and forth on it. So, because it would be nice to see Ohio State get the big splashy transfer, which I do think Jameson Battle was. Don't get me wrong. Jameson Battle was a, is a star. I genuinely believe that. And they tried. I mean, they, they were the first team to knock on Nick Timberlake's door. It's just, you're always going to get beat by Kansas. So, um, except for Scotty Milton, actually, you didn't get beat by Kansas. You beat Kansas. So, it, it's one of those things where I just think if he can be that kind of player, Keyshaw Johnson is the kind of player, if he can turn into that, this is a win in my book. Yeah, I mean, he's just he just finished his freshman year, so you don't. And again, maybe he won't. Who knows? Well, just gotta watch and find out. People aren't looking at you know people aren't looking at Roddy Gale and saying, hey, he only averaged you know four and a half points per game. Therefore, this is what Roddy Gale is going to be for his college career: is four and a half points a game. Yeah. as for his freshman yeah. year. So why would you point. look at Evan Mahaffey and say Evan Mahaffey <laughs> averaged three points per game his freshman year? So that's for that's what he is for his career. This you've got years to continue to progress. 
you know, his high school coach, I forget the name of his high school coach at Moeller, but you know, Moeller's a, a, a powerhouse in Ohio, right? They put Jackson yeah, Moeller's, in the NBA. Yeah. They put, I believe is Miles McBride in the NBA. Yeah. I think he's with he the play, Knicks. He plays maybe. for the Knicks. He plays for the Knicks. Yeah. Like, and his high school coach said, listen, Evan was, he's just as good as both those guys, if not better. So like, I, I don't think it's fair. Not that I'm not saying he's going to be an NBA player. I don't know that, but it's not fair to say like he scored X amount during his freshman season. Therefore, that is what he is. That's what he's going to be. That's not usually how college basketball works no. or how sports work. You're going to get, you're going to get better year by year. I think that, I think that it's a good, I think that it's a good addition. If he's the ninth or 10th guy off the, off the, off the bench. I think well, it's, like, it's a good ad. And I think most, it needs to be studied also. I think it needs to be studied if any coaches have pulled more interconference, like transfers yeah. in the conference than Chris Holtman. Because this used to be something that's like never happened. Sacrilege. Yeah. No, it never, never, never happens. And like literally every other transfer now that Ohio State adds is from inside the Big Ten now. Yeah. That's the two things I was going to say. Well, the first thing was Evan Mahe, like Felix. Most Ohio State fans want Felix Akpar to start over Zed Key. Zed Key was honorable mention all Big Ten last year. Felix Akpar averaged four points a game, right? But potential. You see potential. I'm, again, very curious how many Ohio State fans that hate Evan Mahaffey coming sat down to watch Penn State this year. We can say we did. We loved Penn State. I watched every Penn State game that I could. Hell yeah. And I'd say I probably watched 25 of them. I Probably 25 out of the 35 they played. I, and I remember watching Evan Mahaffey. He was an impact player off their bench on defense. Scored. He's. You're not going to run a play for him, right? You're not going to sit here and go. This this ball is going to Evan, but he gets some offensive rebounds, get a put back, get a couple plays in transition. That's what he does. I like it. Um, and Michael Shrewsbury went to Notre Dame. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. Michael Shrewsbury went to Notre no, Dame. And do you know the other school that Evan Mahaffey was very close to transferring to, but didn't? Was Notre Dame. He had the Kansas. chance. Notre Dame. He had the God, chance. <laughs> he he had the chance to just go play. For the same coach that he yeah. committed a to, a very good coach. Mind you. At a, I don't even think it's arguable. Like for the in the grand scheme of things, Notre Dame is a better basketball school than Penn State. Like I don't yes. even think that's like a. Honestly, I don't even know. Although he I might have. be the best player on Notre Dame's team right now. So yeah, I don't know who the hell's on the roster right now, but like he had the I, chance to go. Dane he, Goodwin's he, probably still there, but <laughs> he, Cormac, I, think he I think I think Cormac Ryan. Somehow, he just transferred, but transferred he just somewhere. Tra- he transferred, yeah. He transferred to uh, a much bigger school than I thought. Honestly. Where did he go? Was it, was it North Carolina? No, yes, no, yes, no, yes, 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 yes. Anywho, I mean, he I did average 13 a game, but still, I think that I just I just think that's noteworthy that he he could have easily transferred and played for Michael Shrewsbury again. Which and is basically actually, how Penn State is creating their team right now. Is Mike Rhodes is bringing his VCU guys? So yeah, but I, I cut you off. So happens so a lot. Car- carry on. I'm be honest with you. I'm not positive what the second thing was. I was going to say. Yeah. What were you transitioning to? That will help me because it, it, it. Oh no, I, I got it. I got it. Uh, I do like the fact they brought in three transfers from three Power Five schools. I think that's important. I think the mid major thing can go wrong. I think for Ohio State, it has gone wrong in general. So bring in guys that you know can play at this level. That's all I was going to say. Yeah, I mean. And granted, out. you could argue some of the guys from Power Fives have gone wrong. I don't think they've missed in the portal near as much as other people do. I think high expectations. Like, like people consider Sean McNeil a miss. I don't consider that a miss. He did exactly what he did at West Virginia for Ohio State. It's just what – that's just the player he is. Um, a miss would to me was like Tanner Holden. 
maybe Jamari Wheeler a little bit just because of the defense, but I still think he played okay defense, and I think he was thrown to a role he didn't think he was going to have to be in with Dwayne Washington leaving. But nevertheless, Cedric Russell may be a miss just because he didn't really play. He did. He did score like eighteen points when they beat Duke, though. Like, yo, Cedric Russell beat Duke, and so does Zed Key. But if that's what you got from that transaction, I think I'd, I'd take it honestly. True. Very true. You, you get one Cedric Russell, he'll average 3.3 points per game, but he will drop like 20 <laughs> on Duke, and you will beat number one Duke at home. He will randomly just outplay Paulo Bencaro. <laughs> and I think that everybody would sign up for that trade. Yeah, That's I think, true. I, I think no. you take that. Absolutely. And like you said, I mean, Dale Bonner is just a thief of the night. The dude had like six steals in like four different games. So I remember when I was – I do like daily fantasy fan duel. When I was in Nebraska, I could do it for college, and I would do it um, – and I would do Dale Bonner. I would use Dale Bonner on my team just because I knew he gets steals, and those are worth so much points. That's how I know Dale Bonner. So take that for what it's worth. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Do you know the meme that's, I mean, you, you still go on Twitter sometimes. Do you know the meme that's like the worst person you know just made a very good point? Yeah. <laughs> so Hunter Dickinson today kind of made, kind of like filled that meme. I thought you talk about what I just said. I was like, I know it's the worst person you knew, but I, I take it. No, no, you're not the worst person. You're not the worst person <laughs> I know. Hunter Dickinson <laughs> might not be the worst person either, but he's. He he's, might be. He's somewhere up there. Um, since, since we last recorded, so Hunter Dickinson transferred to Michigan, transferred from Michigan, I, I should say. Um, we were, I think both of us were speculating that this could be because he's a podcaster first and a basketball player second. This could be, <laughs> this could, 
this could be a content move where he goes to the portal. Oh, it he was. Goes, <laughs> he goes to the portal and then like goes back to Michigan. And I'm like, oh, um, he didn't. That would have been awesome too. He went to Kansas. He um, did the one thing to me that wasn't fucking interesting. Like of all the teams he had left, the Michigan move would have been interesting going back. Going to Maryland would have been hilarious because we all know his beef with Maryland. That's like Jordan created, you know, it's in his head. Georgetown would have been cool because like, oh, Hunter Dickinson to bring back the hometown Georgetown Hoyas. Villanova would have been cool because he played with Justin Moore in high school. But no, he just went to Kansas. Nobody cares. Now, Kansas is just really, 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 really good. Whatever. They're just very, very consistent. And we'll have to see. They're so good. They're we'll going to get Mbaku too, and they're going to be so much better. Yeah, they're going to get, they're probably going to get Mackenzie Mbaku on Friday. But the quote I would say is like, I read this and I was like, damn, he is so right. Um, he admitted to, he talked to, do, 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 oh, it was on his podcast, of course. Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> yeah, he I was about to say, I was like, it was definitely on his podcast. He wouldn't give a quote anywhere else. He's on the podcast. He said, God, the people, no. so he left Michigan. I guess part of it was, NIL related. I can get more money oh, yeah. elsewhere. I think part of was of Michigan is in a very concerning state as far as men's basketball right now. Um, They're in a weird state. He was not going to be winning a national championship at Michigan this, this year. That's that's for certain. Um, I think that the relationship with Jawan Howard, it seems, and the coaching staff, I was told um, – Again, not with some, not somebody with the program, but just like a season ticket holder, somebody that follows very closely. Like he, they don't think that the relationship with the coaching staff was great anymore. But he was getting more money. He knew he could leave and get more money. And people were apparently criticizing him for chasing the bag. And he said, "The people hating on me right now would leave their job for a ten thousand dollar increase right now. I got less than six figures at Michigan last year. So the worst person you know just made a very good point." Yeah, like, no, I agree with every word of that. I don't agree with much of what he says, but I do agree with every word of that. If somebody offered me a, a different job right now that was the same exact job in a different city, but I would make $10,000 more, See yeah, yeah, I'm peacing out. And if like, he's, he's not going to be an NBA – he's probably not going to be an NBA player. He's not going to win a national championship at Michigan. Well, Michigan might not – don't want to speak too soon, but they might not even make the NCAA tournament the way things are looking today. Why not go somewhere where in your last year of eligibility you can maybe win a national championship and also make more money? Like, yeah, like, it's the it's the it's the move that makes the most sense. It's just the least interesting of them all. And I like Georgetown would have been awesome. Villanova would have been awesome. Maryland. I mean, as an Ohio State fan, I'm glad he's out of the Big Ten because you know he's kind of like a he's he's we don't love him, but that's we don't love him because he's good. He's a heel. He's, he's a heel. Yeah, he's a heel. Yeah, he leans into it. Um, but yeah. But yeah, Kansas, like, all right, cool, we're going to Kansas. It's a long drive. I don't know why that matters. And he didn't even he didn't even really like juice up the like the recruitment. Like he has a podcast. He I has, genuinely yeah. He he has like kind of a big audience. He could have hammed up the recruitment so much. Like every visit, he could have been like talking about the visits on his podcast. He could have been like hamming it up. He could have put up like a, he could have done like an Elon Musk, throw a Twitter poll up. Like whichever of these four schools gets the most votes, I'm going to go there. Like he could have hammed it up so hard. That would have been hilarious. If he wanted to, and he didn't. 
he kept it super close. And I think up to the very final day, I don't think there were any crystal balls or anything. It was just like none of no, these was- coaches, like Fanta, Goodman, all the basketball writers were like, Nobody really has any idea where Hunter Dickinson is going to school. It's been even I, th- I believe Travis Branham said that and he is more locked in than anybody. Like nobody so. had any ideas. So again, like the worst person you noticed made a great point. Not only did he keep it under wraps and and resist the urge to like ham it up for content, he also was just a straight shooter about it. it was like, listen, I I could get way more money here. Basically saying I'm not going to probably be a great NBA player, but I can my final year make more money and win more games. Uh, what what's there to disagree with <laughs> well, and he pulled the genius move of saying that he has a big announcement and his announcement on his podcast was he's announcing soon <laughs> son of a bitch and then he announced the same day later on twitter his teams so like, why don't you just do that on your podcast whatever that's hilarious i love it see ya i mean i'm glad i don't see him again we don't play kansas City here do we yeah and, except for the national championship of course all right, last thing this week. This was a theme. Um, so the theme at uh, the website that we write for is uh, unreasonable expectations. And so I am curious if you do have any unreasonable expectations for the Ohio State men's basketball team. I think there's already been an article or two written about it, so we're not going to oversaturate with more articles. But do you have any unreasonable expectations for Ohio State men's basketball this season or specific players? I think you could argue as optimists, we're always unreasonable. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I genuinely believe this. I mean, I'm writing an article about, I think Bruce Thornton will be a first team all big 10 player next year. Uh, that's probably unreasonable, but I also, I genuinely believe this team is a top four team in the, in the conference, which might be unreasonable considering they just finished 13th in the conference. Um, but I do think they're Rayfell Davis put out his early top four. He had a high state of fourth and uh, I believe somebody else did. And they had a high state of fourth too. So I don't think that's a crazy thing to say, but I think Purdue and Michigan state are clearly the top two. They're going to be top four teams in the com- in the country. Um, as long as Zach Eady comes back. But then I think you have a pretty good battle between like Ohio state, Wisconsin, which is funny because they were 12th last year, but they had a good re- portal. Uh, Northwestern just all depends. I think Boo Booey just announced he's coming back, right? I, Did I make that so, up. Yes. I might, I might have no, dropped I don't, that, but I don't think you're making that up. Okay, so it's all going to come down to Northwestern if Boo Booey and Chase Aldige come back. Maryland could be pretty good. Um, so there's a lot of teams that could be that like three through eight range, as the Big Ten always is. But um, I think I think Ohio State's a top four team in the, in the conference, and um, maybe that's an unreasonable expectation, but. I think that's a fair expectation. I think it might be unreasonable to some people knowing what happened last year, but I do think as a, as a whole last year, obviously it was very sour, but I don't think it's like where the program is headed. You know what I mean? I don't, I would be very surprised if this year and very disappointed if they finished anywhere below like sixth in the conference. I don't think like they're not facing this like Nebraska trend of we're just going to be 12th every year and be okay with it. Yeah, I don't think that those are unreasonable, actually. I thought I was expecting a little more. I think Ronnie Gale will be the national player of the year. There we go. That's what we're cooking. Um, <laughs> I think my unreasonable expectation, which, again, it's like you're, you're saying, like, I know this is not realistic, but I think it's possible. I think Ohio State has more than one NBA draft pick next summer. Ooh. Okay. Who? Because <laughs> I think they have none. 
Because so my gut would say uh, for different reasons they'd be surprised. My gut would say first Bruce Thornton. Oh God, please God no. Because I think I honest we talked about it. I thought he was going to enter the draft this summer. I thought he was going to enter the draft and kind of talk to the GMs and the teams and whatnot and the coaches and kind of see what he needs to work on. Because there's really nothing in his game that's that needs a ton of work. Um, and then come back and he didn't. Um, I think if he keeps trending, I think he'll do upward, what you just said next year. But yeah, well, that's why it's the unreasonable expectation. I think if he keeps trending upwards and even beyond maybe what you're expecting, I think he could be an NBA draftee next year. And then it is it, funny that I like kind of scoffed at what you just said, but my expectation is he'll be a first team all conference player, which implies he probably will be drafted. So it is kind of funny. I, I do. See and then my other one would be one of. One of Scotty Middleton or Devin Royal becomes the the third straight one and done. One and done. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I could mean, see I could yeah. see Devin Royal. I could see Devin Royal doing a lot of the same things that Bryce Sensabaugh did this past season because they do have kind of similar game. Um, but I just don't know which of those two is going to start. And then if Scotty Middleton was to go to the league, it would mean that his offense would have to be maybe a little bit. We already expect him to be a solid offensive player, but we would need to see his offense really blow up and pair that with very, very good defense as expected. So that's yeah. unreasonable expectation is that they'll have two draftees. One is Thornton. One is one of the freshmen. I know it's no fun as a fan because that's like, cool, you're, you're going to blow up again, like half of the core. Excellent. <laughs> now I can see that with Middleton for sure. I'm, I'm very, very high on Scotty Middleton. Let me say this. Let me throw this one at you because I've said this before, and actually I think I believe it. Is it unreasonable to say I think Bruce Thornton and Roddy Gale could be the best backcourt in the past two decades for Ohio State? I would have to think back. It's hard. It's hard. I think, like, what is the best one? Because if you look at Ohio State, his like when they went through the great years, I guess you'd say 07 to, like, 2013, right? Maybe 14 if you want to toss the D-Lo year in there, but they weren't that good. It's just D-Lo was good. Um, their best players were like wings and bigs. Sullinger, Deshaun Thomas, Odin. Was You had wait, wait, Buford, Lighty. Wait, wait. So is Daquan Cook technically a two? Yes, but I don't think Daquan Cook ever was ever that good. So what about Conley and Daquan Cook? Then it depend what you would say is good because they're both first-round picks. But like, if you look at the stats, Mike Conley probably averaged like – 12 and a half points per game, and Daquan Cook probably averaged like 10. Cook averaged like eight. Yeah. Oh, but, he, but it was a very inefficient eight. So, first round pick? Mm. Yeah, and he never did anything because I don't know why he was a first round pick. But the Daquan Cook thing will always kind of go down in history as like a kind of a head scratcher. I think right now it might honestly be maybe Shannon Scott and D'Angelo Russell. I think that while D'Angelo Russell was doing what he was doing, I'm pretty sure Shannon Scott averaged like six or seven assists per game or something like that. Yeah, because remember, Ohio State fans remember, D'Lo became a point guard in the NBA. He was the two at Ohio State to Shannon Scott. So I think that might be the best back. I mean, Eric Kraft never really played with another great guard. He played with like Lighty. D, I guess D, Lighty was a guard, but wasn't a two. Lighty, Diebler, Buford, Sullinger, you know, those guys. I don't know. It's interesting to think about. It also just depends on what you consider to be a two. If you consider Lighty to be a two, yeah, it's probably Kraft and Lighty. If you don't, I consider more of a three. Yeah. All right. That's probably good for today. You got anything else you want to you hit on before you uh, 
before you get out, I know you're a Reds fan. Are you are you reveling in the fact that you're not in last place yet? That's that's my St. Louis. Honestly, Cardinals. yeah, um, yeah. The Reds being better than the Cardinals is a fun surprise. Uh, I don't expect it to last all season. Uh, the Reds currently are tied with the Mets right now. Uh, it's one to one. Hunter Green is pitching, which always leaves for something fun to happen uh, and something bad to happen. So it's very interesting. Uh, it's been a very bad sports season for me personally. Uh, I'm a Penguins fan. They missed the playoffs for the first time in two decades. I'm a Cavs fan. They just got dog walked out of the playoffs. I'm a Reds fan. It's just going to speak for itself. I'm an Ohio State fan. Going to probably speak for itself. And I'm a Browns fan. That's going to probably speak for itself. So, um, yeah. Uh, this year, genuinely, and I don't I don't think this is a crazy thing to say, I think Kent State basketball provided the most fun for any of my teams. Maybe Ohio State football, but in a year where you lose to Michigan, hard to say that. So I'd say Kent State basketball was my shining light. And their entire starting five, for the most part, were seniors. So uh, I need something good to happen. Maybe it'll be the Reds. Maybe maybe that'll turn around. Uh, unfortunately for the Reds, I'm happy about their record and they're 13 and 19. So if that tells you anything about what the Reds were supposed to be, it's been tough for uh, my sports liking world. All right. I think that'll do it. 44 minutes. We kept it well under an hour this time. Go us. Good stuff. If you found us on the website, make sure to also subscribe on Spotify, Apple Music. Um, wherever you get your music and podcasts so that you can get notifications every time we put out new episodes. We're going to try to get some interviews uh, lined up for the summer now that you know college free agency is pretty much wrapping up here. We need to get some people on here to do some interviews and let other people uh, talk other than ourselves. Smarter people, some are saying. And uh, follow us on Bucketheads. Bucketheads LGPN is our at. Um, we're close to 300 followers. So on the Twitter. Follow us there. On the Twitter, yes. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it is at Lamans underscore Connor. We stopped giving Justin's Twitter out because he doesn't even tweet from his personal account anymore. He just tweets from the Bugheads account. So thanks for listening. If you're sticking with us in the offseason, we appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Go Bucks. And Bob Huggins, enjoy your sensitivity training. We're out. Asshole. <laughs>